All right, welcome to Your Time, Your Money, the show where your time is just as valuable as your money, and we know that. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm here with my guest host. Hello. Partner, Adam Jones. How are you guys? Hey, we have a, a great show set for today. Um, you know, we thought that, you know, it might be prudent to discuss what it is that we do for clients or people that may want to get into our industry. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it, it, I know for me, it was uh, I was a career changer. So um, I was always interested in, in uh, what the financial world was and, and, uh, and everything. And I, and I needed to find out what those steps were to become a financial advisor. And in my case, again, it was a career change. Um, but uh, yeah, so it'd be good to talk about that today. Yeah, because right, our, our industry, you know, it, yes, it does deal with products and formulas and, and, and knowing the technical end of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, but it also deals with being a business owner. And, and it deals with helping people out, right? And I think maybe identifying the things that got us into the business and the things yeah. we enjoy about the business uh, may spark some interest for our listeners to say, hey, you know what, this may be a career path that we want to choose. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I needed, you know, be specifically business-based in college. And then I needed to, you know, have a degree in finance and I need to have, right. you know, uh, read these white papers and this doctorate on yeah. investing strategies and, and what have you, um, you know, which, which all that stuff helps, but advisors themselves have to be a good business owner. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you know, a lot of it, a lot of it comes through, you know, we've talked about this in the podcast before, but we, you know, education, right. Financial education. A lot of times people are afraid of, our industry because they didn't grow up with a knowledge of financial world, the financial world. And, um, and so a lot of times people are kind of scratching their heads a little bit and, you know, and, and think that, like you said, you know, oh, well, I didn't get a finance degree, so I can't go do that. Yeah. You know? Um, so. Yeah. I think that, I think the first step that, um, you know, if somebody were to get in our industry and, and do what it is that we do is first thing you want to do is you want to find a good broker dealer. Yeah. You, you want to find a, a good company or platform that you can conduct your business off of uh, that is efficient, that listens to you and makes changes as, as they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but most importantly, and, and we've used this analogy on, on different you know, episodes, is we want something where you can offer all the products. Right, right. All the tools in the, in the financial tool belt. Yeah, there, there are right. some companies that you will go and interview with and, uh, you know, the conversation will be centered around maybe their product or proprietary system yep. that they have. Um, but when push comes to shove, the more products that you can offer a client, the better it is for your business. Right. And just to, for clarification for those, uh, you know, listening or watching, you know, proprietary products are products that might be insurance products or annuity products uh, or investment products that are proprietary to that one organization. Only sold by that organization. Only sold by that organization. And some of those organizations may have relationships with maybe four or five or a dozen other firms to sell mm-hmm. their products. Yep. But on the whole spectrum of products they can offer, maybe they're only 15 or 20% of the products that are actually on the market. Right. Right. right? So any business owner, if you're going to, you know, venture into that business, you want to have the, the best possibility to offering a product to a client yeah. as you yeah. can. The best solutions for the, a need. Yeah, the best solutions yeah. that you have. So the very first thing is to, you know, really educate yourself on the different companies that are out there. And in that interview process, ask them what type of platform are they? 
You know, are they proprietary? Uh, you know, are they maybe self-clearing? Are you know, do they have uh, the ability to go and offer a Vanguard, a Fidelity? You mm-hmm. know, in addition to you know different life insurance, different annuity companies across the board. Right, right, right? and th- and that really leads to what we would call open architecture platforms, where you do have access to all of these different types of products and availability um, for solutions. Yeah, and there's and there's three different ways that advisors can kind of, you know. I'd say three different general ways, okay, that an advisor can be into the business. First is an independent model, mm-hmm. right? A, a 1099, um, you acquire your licenses, which we'll go over in a second to yep. be able to do and, and transact the business that we do, but you are your own business owner. You know, you can have your own, own, own uh, you know, office somewhere, you can lease, you can rent, you know, maybe it's a shingle off a addition on your house or, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be. But that's a true independent model where you're yep. clearing through a firm and a firm that you would clear through would be something like a Cetera, something right. like an LPL, something like, you know, other, other firms that are out there that allow you to transact business on their portfolio. Mm-hmm. Then you have um, the bank model, right, where you have a set location, maybe it's a nine to five. Yep you know, type of schedule uh, where your leads are generated by tellers, other people right, in the organization, right. you know, yep, yep. And, and then there's the hybrid model, which is similar to us, mm-hmm. where we kind of have an office, we have structure, but we also are independent and have a platform where we can offer more than right. just the proprietary things that are at a bank or, yep. or, or some of the other organizations. Right. Yep. Um, now, I'm sure some of the astute listeners might uh, send in messages, well, there's a lot of other models or things you can get in. True, but in general, those are the three right. that you want to look yeah. at as an advisor. Yep. Right? Yep. And uh, neither each, is right or wrong. And I was going to say, each each one is going to offer pluses and minuses. And really, as you said, it, it, neither one, none of them are right or wrong. It's it's really what is the best fit for you Yeah. as the individual. Because some of the models will have support. They'll have a structure where leads are generated for you. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're paying for those leads because you're taking a lower commission or something along that lines. Yep. Uh, some models that don't have that, you get paid higher, but now it's up to you to prospect and find right. your own leads and, and yep. uh, you know develop that out of maybe your core friend's family early on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know both have their pros and cons, yep. right, is the main point. Yep. yep. And, and one thing that I, that I always tell people when they come in the industry is you want to put together a list of, you know, potential clients, right? People that you know, networks and niches. Yep. And and that's one of the best ways to start in our industry is to help friends and family out. Yeah, the old, hey, who do you know? Yep. Start making a list and see how many you can list. Yep. Friends, family. Yep. And, you know, and, and then... Once you go through those interviews, once you go through that, find a find a clearing firm that you want to be with, find a broker that you want to be with. Um, you know, then it's obviously you have to get licensed. Yeah, right. The the Securities Exchange Commission. You know, Finra, they're, they're not going to let you just go out there and say, "Oh, I'm a financial advisor. I'm going to give you give yep. you financial advice without any certification, any." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. education yep. or training yep. or anything along that line. So, um, you know, we go through a series of exams and, and the exams are, you know, there's a lot of different exams that you can get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the exams are individual to the different types of products. So they're either allow you to deal in certain products and markets yep. or they're regulatory in nature to prove that you are familiar with uh, the regulatory guidelines, laws, uh, you know, uh, best interest, you know, things like that for yeah, a client. Yep. And, and I was going to say, like, you know, in terms of management, too, if you were managing, an, uh, you know, uh, your own office, you might need different licenses as well. Yeah. And whether you want to be a fiduciary or not. 
right? So you, you can work for a broker dealer and sell a product, which there's nothing wrong with. There's certain products that are yep. suitable for certain clients and that will get them to retirement. And then there's, there's also then being a fiduciary. Yep. And that's working with all the products and making sure that you're making decisions based on, you know, the, the client's goals and getting to a point. Right. So their, one, their best interest. Their best interest yeah. overall. Yep. Right. Um, and neither is right or wrong. They both have uh, advantages, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. when you're starting out. Um, you know, but ultimately, if you if you want to be an advisor, you want to be in that fiduciary world if you can. Right. Yes. Right. Yep. Where, where you're not. Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, when it's imp- that's an important factor for both clients listening and um, people that are potentially considering being an advisor down the road um, is is that distinction between um, someone who can just sell, sell a product and someone who's making uh, the decisions um, uh, in the best interest of the client at all times. And that's that's really what we strive for. Um, but it's an important thing for the, for clients and, and should be for yourself as well, I feel. And, and a lot of the exams, you need some type of sponsor, uh, some type of supervisory overview, um, you know, of your trade, your practice and things along that lines. Uh, you know, so, so simple exams would be, say, your state lo- accident life and health. Right. Right. That, that enables you to deal in Accident life and health. <laughs> pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Insurance. In, in, you know, in, in yeah. the insurance world. Yep. Um, but not all insurances, right? Because if you don't have what's called your Series 63, you usually can't trade in variable insurance-type products, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you have your Series 63, uh, which is another securities exam that a lot of people get under their belt. And uh, some people start with just the Series 6. Yep. A Series 6 exam allows you to deal in the mutual fund transaction world. Right. Um, but you have to stay in that world. Yeah. Yep. Right. And, and so and that I, world is changing tremendously yeah, uh, yeah. In, in the way that, again, because the regulation best interest uh, is a is a is a key factor here. And, and again, operating under the best interest of the client and depending on the type of again, that that world of mutual funds is just changing. Yeah. So. And, and, you, and obviously <clears throat> you, you progress. And, and some people go right full bore and get their, their two main exams, right? The ones we consider the cream of the crop or the ones that allow you to be a fiduciary and build a practice right. and, and, and do all the things that you need to do. And that's that powerful combination of your Series 7 and then either your 65 or 66. Right. Yep. Right. And uh, your the difference between those being is if you have your 7 already, your 66 is the next exam you should take. Right. If you don't have your Series 7, a 65 is the exam to allow you to do advisory type accounts, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, the Series 7 is more allowing you to do individual equity options, you know, trading, things along that line. And I, I, did my, I, I did my 65 first, and then I did my 7. Yeah. So, you know, that's in my case. And, you know, and, and for the listeners, I mean, these are these are not easy exams. I was just going to say that, yeah. You, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. in, in some cases, they recommend three to six months of solid study. Yeah. Uh, some of the exams are hours to take. Yep. Uh, you know, and I, I know uh, there's now the SIE, right, which they've broken out some of the material. It's another exam. Uh, that's, that's the first one. Out. That's Yeah, that's yeah, the right? first that's one. That's the first right? one you that's, have to take. come out. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, these, these exams are... I think their average pass ratio, somebody had said, was like, I don't know, 60, 70% mm-hmm. was the average pass ratio. Yeah. And the average yep. score is in the 70s yep. uh, in passing the exams. Yeah. So they, they are by no means uh, easy exams to pass. No, and you know they, they're obviously designed to make sure that we know 
as advisors what we're doing uh, in the in the field and industry of the, the products or solutions that we're discussing with clients. Um, and some people are great test takers but can't really work very well with people. And there's people that work great with people but can't pass the exams. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is a factor for anybody's practice and consideration. Um, uh, well, that's a good transition as to why would you want to be an advisor? Sure. Yeah. Right? Like, why would you want to go through... You know, endless hours yep. and, and time of study and, and uh, exams and uh, licensing, uh, fingerprint, background check, right? Yeah. Those are these are all things that you need as a visor. You need an FBA background check. You need you know you need to be fingerprinted. You have to have full disclosures. You yeah. can't have bankruptcy in a certain period of time. You have to have a good you know yeah you, you know you have to be good with money. Yep. In your own life, in in addition to that, the fact that you're making recommendations to, to mm-hmm. clients out there, mm-hmm. um, but it is one of the most rewarding. And and you know I can speak for myself. One of the best things that I enjoy about it is that relationship that you build with clients. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're in a situation where, you know, being 20 some years in the business, some of my first clients had newborns. And now those kids are in college or, or coming out of college. <laughs> you know, talk about seeing the effects of your advice and guidance in a yeah. family yep. and, as they progress, whether it's with their children or people getting you know, that you get early on in your career in 50 and now they're in their 70s and you've seen them retire, you've mm-hmm. seen them uh, travel and do all the things that they want to do because of the advice and guidance that you made. And that's one of the most self-rewarding things out there. Yeah. I was going to say for me, it's it's 1000% helping people. I love helping people um, in the financial capacity. Um, I, um, you know, the the we've talked about this before, but one of the number one questions I get is, you know, uh, can I retire? I just don't know if I can retire and helping to develop a plan, helping them develop a plan that shows them that they can retire or when they can retire and sort of that relief that someone gets when they go, okay, all right, yeah, good. I can do this. You know, there's, there's, um, it's just, it's fun to do that. I, for me, I, I mean, I look forward to my week every week. And, and you know, and, and, and just that's very common between you and I, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people that get into being financial advisors because they like the math. Yeah, you know they, yeah. they they like somebody to throw a puzzle on the table, and they like to be able to put that puzzle together because every puzzle is a little different. Yeah, right. Yep. They, they like the challenge of, of analyzing markets and 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 uh, return and and how investments correlate or non correlate mm-hmm. with each other, and they Compounding like compounding interest. Yeah, very very yeah. technical within their their analysis, and uh, for some people, that's why being a financial advisor is so enjoyable. It, it's funny right. you say this. My my daughter and I were talking about math, and she does very well in math. She's like, you know, it's really not my favorite subject. And I said to her, I go, well, maybe you just need to find the, the math that you like. And I said, you know, I, I didn't like math, but I love financial math. It, it's fun for me. But, you know, if you had said that to me when I was in high school, I'd tell you you're crazy. You know what I mean? It's so, you know, it's just uh, it is it, it is uh, it is fun for me. But, yeah, like I said. Like yeah. Said, you know, and, 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 you know, just to be to be fair to listeners that are that are thinking about or just curious about the, the financial industry that we're in is there's different ways that you can, uh, you know, kind of build your own retirement, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, One is through, um, you know, just working in a financial profession and and getting a salary or commission or whatever that might be, saving in your own retirement accounts, Mm -hmm. building up your your own IRAs, 401k assets and stuff like that. Uh, And another way that sometimes the independent model does is that as you build up those relationships with your clients, you usually build a team around that. Mm-hmm. And that's your succession plan where somebody comes in and they say, hey, I am going to uh, take over where you left off yep. in caring for your clients. Mm-hmm. And in exchange for that, 
I'm going to buy you out of your practice, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Just like any other business owner would if they right. were to sell a business. Right. Um, you know, uh, I have a friend that uh, actually just bought Mr. Dingling. Oh. So the, the ice cream, yeah. ice cream place, yep. right? Right. Well, when that gentleman retired that owned it prior, what did he do? He sold his business. He transferred his business to a new owner. Right, got some type of buyout, got some type of purchase for a sale of his business, and and the financial industry is no different if you build your business or, uh, around that model. He doesn't. Your your friend doesn't need to change his name to to Dingling, his last name, right? No, no, no. Okay, no, no, that right. wasn't part of the contract. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> nope, no, and I don't think the guy that retired's last name was actually Dingling oh, either. Okay. At least but the guy prior to him, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, too many jokes we can make on right, that right. one. <laughs> anyway, let's stay focused here, yeah, Mr. Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, but that's one of the advantages of being an independent, uh, building your own practice, your mm-hmm. model is, uh, is that, uh, you know, down the road you can retire with it. Right. You're building, you have the opportunity to build something greater than yourself um, for, for true generational succession planning. Yeah. Or, you know, and we've talked about it. Uh, our team's talked about it, you know, is perhaps maybe our kids want to take over that right. practice at some point. Yep. Um, you know, and, and that is you know, encouraging to know that you're building something that perhaps you can transfer to your kids, you can, uh, yeah. you know, transfer down generation to generation, you know, down the line. So, yeah. um, you know, those are, I think, the wins of being an advisor. Absolutely. Right. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the, uh, you know, things we don't like of being, being an advisor. Right. right? And, uh, you know, those things are, you know, uh, changing regulatory environment. Yeah. Not that regulations are not good, but, you know, sometimes when you're doing planning and development planning and all of a sudden social security changes the rules yeah yeah or the federal government changes the rules Mm -hmm. all of a sudden now you have to go back and find an option b for your clients after you've been directing them in a path for the last 10 or 15 years Uh, you know tax laws change right and if they if they change dramatically and and uh you know they they end up causing problems for your client that you've been getting me an advice to for the last 15 or 20 years well that's not good either right Right. Yep. So, you know, that, that that's one. And, and we are in a client service business. Mm-hmm. Right. We deal with people and sometimes people don't mesh. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, and sometimes that's a drawback to being in our industry. If you don't just gel or click with a client, uh, you know, or sometimes we're the middleman. Right. Between a divorce. Yeah. Yep. Say. Right. And that's never a good situation to right. be in. Yeah. And, and emotionally, I think the hardest part for me with with being an advisor is you have those relationships for 20 years or plus. And these are people that pass. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing, you, you know, you maybe have a core group of maybe 10 people in your family that are going to pass by the time, you you know, you pass. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when you start dealing with hundreds of households, yeah, you know, exponentially, you, you're losing clients at some point at a rate of a couple of month, a couple yeah. of year. Yeah. yeah. And these are serious people that you have relation with. I know, you know, sometimes yeah. I see them more than some relatives. Right. Yeah. Yep. You know, so all, all things that are... I guess negatives in our business, mm-hmm. but is why we do it too. Sure, sure, right? and, that, and that's an important part. Well, and just and you know along that too, not necessarily negative because it keeps us fresh, of course. But part of you know the licensing process and maintaining our licenses is the continuing education that we have to do every single year. You yep. know, and that's you know again. It's it's, you should say that. I think I just finished my seventh hour. Right, right. <laughs> for yeah, this I, week, I'm gearing up for for mine. But yeah, that's but that's the thing. It's just um, it's another component of things that we have to do and you know they're not always necessarily fun but it's for a good reason you yeah know, it's to keep us like I said fresh and knowing what those those laws yeah. and that's those changes that happen 
That's also the, the fun or encouraging part of our practice is that because those things are changing all the time, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Right. It keeps you mentally aware, yep. mentally fit. You don't get complacent or yep. hopefully you don't get complacent. Right. 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 Like good advisors don't. They, they was, continue yeah. to keep educating themselves and, yep. and moving on. So, um, you know, we, we bring this up, obviously, as we close down, we bring this up because, you know, it's a great profession to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people see behind the scenes how important it is uh, right. that, uh, you know, advisors can build a practice uh, for their clients and for their families and stuff like that. Uh, if there are listeners out there that are interested in finding out about being in a financial advisor uh, with Satara Investors or, or any firm that they might be looking at, mm-hmm. feel free to reach out to us. You can find us at 43 British American Boulevard in Latham, New York, one you can reach us at 844-444-YTYM or at yourtimeyourmoney.net. We'd be more than happy to spend some time with you, talk about the profession, talk about maybe the possibilities of coming in for an interview and seeing mm-hmm. if it's right for you as well. Uh, it's a uh, you know it's a good thing to bring somebody in and see them grow and prosper. Yeah. You know, in an organization, and and uh, you know, as somebody actually came in from another career yeah, change, sometimes yeah. it's the best thing that you can do. Absolutely, and that was you know, just a real quick side note on that. You know, prior to this, I was a director of operations for an estate planning law firm, and what really enticed me to come into this industry was seeing what happened when people didn't do planning, and I wanted to be on the other side of the desk helping people in the planning process. So that's why it's near and dear to me. Yep, and and as always, it's your time, your money. Adam Jones, Matthew Trillo, Mark Esley, Financial Advisors, 43 British American Boulevard, First Floor, Latham, New York, 12110, 518-724-5004. Cetera Investors is a marketing name of Cetera Investment Services. Securities and insurance products are offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Cetera Investment Advisors, LLC. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Today's Community Spotlight, Cullinan Insurance Agency. LLC, 16C North Greenbush Road, Troy, New York, 12180. Phone number 518-326-1191. Special thanks, Chris Conlin, owner and craftsman, Skulls and Sawdust. 518-852-3673, skullsandsawdust at gmail.com. Special thanks to Bobby Chase and Jeff Carlson of Next Evolution Media. 518-879-1779, bobbychase84 at gmail.com. And last but not least, a very special thanks to our families for sacrificing many hours to let us see the vision through its reality. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not tailored towards any particular individual investment objectives or financial situation. This is not intended to be an offer or solicitation to purchase any security or insurance product. Satara representatives do not provide legal, tax, or estate planning services. Should you require such service, you should consult a legal, tax, or estate planning professional. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Rebalancing may be a taxable event. Before you take any specific actions, be sure to consult with your tax advisor. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Satara Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, and attorney for details related to your specific goals and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. The Esley Group operates under Satara Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of the Esley Group. You should always obtain a perspective when available prior to investing to know your risks, costs, and fees associated with the investments. Satara Investors is a marketing name of Satara Investment Services. Securities and insurance is offered through Satara Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. 
Advisory services offered through Satera Investment Advisor, LLC. Satera is under separate ownership from any other entity named. 43 British American Boulevard, first floor, Latham, New York, 12110. Phone number 518-724-5004. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either registered representatives who offer only brokerage services or receive transaction-compensated commissions, investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fee-based on assets, or both registered representatives and investment advisor representatives who can offer both types of services. 